Today's episode is part two of a two-part series on adoption. You don't have to have listened to part one for this to make sense, but you'll definitely want to go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it yet, and if the issue of adoption is at all interesting to you. Part one was Julie and Greg telling the personal story of their adventures in adoption, and this one is going to focus on adoption in general. How can we think about doing it well and supporting those around us who do as well? You're listening to CCEF On The Go, a podcast of the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. Here at CCEF, we are committed to restoring Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. You can find our podcasts, books, articles, videos, and more resources for Christ-centered pastoral care at our website, ccef.org. Hi, welcome to CCEF On The Go. I'm your host, Alistair Groves, faculty member here at CCEF. And today I am talking with Julie Lowe, my fellow faculty member at CCEF, and her husband, Greg Lowe, who is a counselor here as well. And uh, we did an earlier conversation on their story uh, personally about adoption. And so I wanted to follow up and do sort of a part two here, uh, thinking a bit more broadly and generally about, about adoption, about how it works, how to think about it. And I'd kind of like to ask you guys just just three questions today. Uh, The first will be, um, how would you talk to, encourage, give advice to um, parents who are considering adoption? Secondly, what would you say to parents who who have adopted and are sort of getting their start in that, you know, fairly early on the road? And then thirdly, I'd love if if we have time to say a little bit to uh, those around those families who haven't adopted themselves, but have people in their lives who have adopted or are considering adoption, what would you say to those families? How can you bless, support, and care for uh, those who are going through or, or have been through the process of, of adoption? So start out with, okay, you're, you're sitting in front of a, of a couple or, or a single person who's saying, I or we would, would like to adopt. We're thinking about it. We know you guys have done this. Um, what, what would you begin to say to, to orient that person? We've had those conversations. <laughs> I was guessing you might. I'll let you lead, honey. This is in no particular order because there's, there's all kinds of things that would be really helpful. But one comes to mind is the best um, adoption agencies train and train and train. They put you through a lot of training. And... Some some people don't like that, but I'm so encouraged when I hear they've gone through it because what it means is they've been prepared for every avenue for the process and what can be difficult about the process, for the potential risk, for um, the needs of children, for um, just thinking well about adoption and its impact on children and how to process that with them. So whether it's domestic or international and dealing with potential institutionalization or attachment issues or sibling groups or birth families, there's a wealth of things you don't have to think about until you're all of a sudden thrown into it. And so I would highly encourage anybody that a really good uh, adoption agency is going to train you well and be willing to go through what seems like a long process of training because it will be so fruitful to them. So do your homework, embrace the process. Right, right. Go through the training. Don't take the easy way out. Don't go with programs that will say all you have to do is these three steps. Like it, 
good training will make you read books. It will get you thinking about hard stuff. They'll almost <laughs> scare you out of it in order to prepare you to do it. Hmm. As for me, uh, just as we were considering moving from having the girls, our, our first two daughters, to adopting an, another sibling pair of boys, um, and we were thinking about that, and I was considering that, and um, my motive, I had to examine my motivation. What good reason did I have to say no? And I couldn't really come up with any reason. Well, that's that wasn't, a bad question. I don't like that question. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, Julie wanted that, and so I had to consider consider it. Um, and you know, I'd expressed we wanted our family to grow too, and I, I couldn't. My, all my 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 answers were, well, you know, this take more time, this take take more money, and I can't do this or I can't do that. And I, this just didn't seem good enough answers for me. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, you have to examine your heart and uh, your your agenda for really seeking to love the Lord and, and love other people, and you know, examine what you want your life to look like, and are those things, you know, how do they weigh against one another? What about a family? They've they've just adopted internationally, you know, domestically, um, perhaps a teenager, perhaps a one-year-old. What what kinds of things do you begin to say as people are starting down this road? It probably varies so much depending on their unique situation. So even from country to country, experiences differ um, to whether they come from orphanages or um, some some countries actually do foster care. They don't have orphanages. Kids are growing up in a home uh, before they're adopted. And so the needs, the particularities can change. Um, and if they've had really good training, then part of that means what are you going to do when they come home? How are you going to help if you already have children? How are you going to help them to uh, adapt to a new child in the home? How are you going to um, establish training for a child who's never been in your own home before, doesn't know the rules, doesn't understand even culturally what's going on at times. Or perhaps even English. Or... Right. Language barriers, any of those things. Or just how do you facilitate a comfortable, safe environment for this child to thrive and know they're embraced and they're not going to be leaving again. Um, so some of it depends on people adopt sibling groups and there are all kinds of complications to that as well. So having a really good support system in place is really helpful. Sometimes having counseling in place is really helpful too. It's not always necessary. If you have good resources, if you have a church that's highly supportive and engaged. Um, so probably the biggest thing is saying have the support around you, family, friends, people to talk through the changes. Yeah, how can I help? <laughs> That's what I would say to them. How can I help? You know, are you are you finding the help you need? You know, are you are you supported? Are you cared for? Kind of exactly funny, just what Julie said. What well, talk to me about your guys' first year? I know you you told us in the first part of the podcast um, aired earlier that uh, you had four kids in the first year of your marriage. You got got married with with two as your flower girls, and then within the next year you had two. Two brothers come in, all young kids. What what did you learn that first year? What are things that you look back and go like, I'm so glad we did this? Or like, wow, we had to do over again. Hmm. I'll jump in and say one thing. One was, this was the advice of somebody wiser than us about having a date night, a regular date night for us. So we went into marriage with kids, and they multiplied in the first year of marriage. And <laughs> we both worked full time. Right. So... I think one of the, the life-saving things was being able to, to go out 
just even an evening every other week, or we aimed for twice a month. That didn't often happen, and it was complicated, especially as foster parents, because we couldn't leave our kids. I was going to say, how, how do you do that? We wouldn't. Well, and that goes to how can the church or relationships help? It would have been life-giving to us if somebody had volunteered to take the kids one evening, once a month, or twice a month. It would have, I mean, I would have been bowing down and kissing their feet. It would have... <laughs> Those things were so beneficial or after school care um, for those who work. You know, some people are stay-at-home parents or their situations are different. They have family close by. We didn't have family close by. We both worked full time. So what would have been a blessing to us would have been that hands-on people that know the kids, understand their issues, that we can trust that had their um, criminal background checks in. So any babysitter we would get, always we had to take them through getting criminal checks and abuse checks and then, you know, the lay of the land as a parent and all these things. Um, So just looking back for us, I think one of the things that was really beneficial is we did take time for just us. and it became a running joke because we'd have a date night and all of a sudden get a call from the foster care agency or, are you willing to take an emergency respite tonight? And our date night would turn into an emergency respite yeah, situation. diapers. And- <laughs> Several of our kids came to us on, on date nights. Um, but I, I would think that was really helpful our first year of marriage. And we were surrounded by a community of wonderful people, too, here at CCF, people that have adopted a church that, that thought that way. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess my advice would be no different than to any other parent that uh, as you have four little kids, um, watching your emotional reaction that's coming out of you uh, and knowing what it means about your desires and what you believe, kind of your agenda for what you want to have happening, you know, because that's a lot of chaos. That's a lot of noise. It's very easy. Just maybe want to have some comfort, have some quiet, <laughs> you know, escape a little bit. And those things are not the Lord's agenda. Those are your agenda. And they can lead to unloving reactions, um, you know, distancing, all kinds of bad things. So just as any parent, examining the fruit of your emotions and your behaviors and what do they say about what's really important to you. Consciously walking in that role that I'm a parent serving the Lord to work myself out of a job of raising these children as self-aware little worshipers. One thing I'm thinking, as I thought uh, often from the first uh, conversation we had as well, is just how much you, you guys are just normalizing the process of being a parent of adopted kids. I think, I think most people, I think I think this is true. I think most people have this sort of sense of this is this mysterious, scary, different, super out there kind of thing. That if you do it, man, you're like the green beret. Green Berets of parents, and you better be ready because there's going to be all these issues, and, and you don't know anything about the process. And, and in some ways, you're, you're highlighting the importance of get, get the training and understand there are going to be different issues. You know, there, there is a complexity here. But, but what's the first thing off the tip of your tongue? Uh, it's, you know, have a date night and watch your heart. Go to your room. <laughs> well, yes, that, that, with your kids, then, but to, oh, no, to yourselves, right? Um, yes, yeah. But just I'm thinking about how much I learned about my own heart. Um, from when our daughter was born, she's she's eight now, um, and I have two younger siblings, and, and the lessons have held very true, or she has two younger siblings, where like waking me up in the middle of the night to go take care of a crying child was so hard. 
I was so frustrated. I just wanted to be asleep. And it's like, I, I could be relatively patient until 7.31 p.m. And then after that, it's like I, I knew I was entitled to my night. And the Lord had no right to ask anything of me through a child. And uh, it was amazingly good at revealing some of, of where my heart could, could go off the rails. And I feel like you're just, you're like, look, take care of your marriage. The Lord has given you that. Take care of your your heart, your emotions, and, and be aware that you're going to you're gonna want things that are in contrast with the good of these children the Lord has given you. So be ready for that. And I, I'm just, I'm really appreciating how you're, you're highlighting, yeah, the biggest things we're going to say off the bat are actually things that we would say to any parents, to any people, in any kind of relationships, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, that that's very encouraging and and helpful to me. Um, you guys already started to to go here, um, at least implicitly in things you said. But uh, in terms of how can churches, how can friends, how can communities support adoptive families? Uh, I'm hearing loud and clear. Give adopted parents a break. Uh, get involved. Roll up your sleeves. Get your background check. Babysit once a month. You have no idea how big a gift that could be. Yeah. What What else, uh, if anything else, would you say to communities? Yeah, I mean, just to extend that line of thinking just a little bit farther, become uh, a, a foster parent, a certified foster parent. You can be a re- do respite. Instead of being able to take them for a night, take them for a week. Uh, let them, if they go out of town for a vacation or something. But that's just an extension of what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's going to vary from person to person. So there are people that adopt special needs kids and the kind of help they need to get to medical appointments or have their children babysat while they take kids to medical appointments, things like that might might vary. But it's just the very practical extension of, of help and aid. And, you know, a lot of families have nine months to prepare for a new child coming to their lives. And then there are families where they just show up right right then and there. And those who are intentionally adopting domestically or internationally have a prep time as well. Our experience was a little different where literally we could get a call today after talking to you asking, would we consider taking a child? Um, so those practical resources of just clothes or we have nothing. We, we took a baby. All of our kids were two and above when, when we've taken them. And all of a sudden we had a newborn baby and we had no crib. We had nothing. What are, what are we going to do with this baby? Um, so those kind of practical aids for those who know the family well around them. And then the, the emotional support. Um, of processing what this has been like for you. And, and some people find they have a hard time uh, bonding with their kids. Sometimes they're not, they're caught off guard by behaviors they weren't prepared for. And so the ability to talk that through and know that they're not in it alone is going to be crucial for them. The other thing we're not bringing up is the idea of birth families and how that that topic alone could probably take an hour to talk about uh, how to help your children think about them, about how as adoptive parents, we feel sometimes threatened that our children will grow up to love their birth parents more than us. Um, and how do you how do you talk about that? How do you, again, say, Lord, these, these are your kids. Of course, they're going to love their birth parents. Of course, that's normal. And um, and so even just being really thoughtful about how do you engage with birth family even if you never meet them. Um, but for many of us, the, there is the opportunity to meet birth family. And what does that mean for your family? I'm thinking of um, we be willing to 
embraced the whole family. So we had four little children, and then uh, a fifth, and now a sixth. And it can be hard to find friends and families and uh, not youth groups, uh, home groups that will let willingly embrace you. <clears throat> Excuse me. We had, we looked we, just when we had the girls, we were looking for a home home group and couldn't find one that w was very well suited for having kids. Amazingly, um, and so we started our own. <laughs> and then we got two more, and then one more family came that had five children or four children, I think, at the time. Well, it grew as we were together, and we had a, you know a very diverse uh, home group with fourteen, fifteen children. It was crazy. It was really crazy. Um, but I would just say, yeah, to, to, you know, we had some uh, fr uh, uh, some friends who had uh, four adoptive children, right? They went from one to four, like over, almost overnight. And they were part of our home group. So just, you know, be willing to embrace the whole family. I mean, you're, you're willing to embrace chaos and noise and trouble. Um, so interesting, Greg. You're making me think of something I haven't thought about in a long time. There was a friend of ours. We had friends <clears throat> a while back who uh, I don't remember how many kids, how many kids they had. Uh, this was before we had kids, so <laughs> at the time, whatever it seemed like a lot. Um, and I just I remember them saying, you know, we've we've been here in the area for know, six months or a year, and no one has ever invited us over to their home. And, and I remember the, the husband saying, it's like, and I get it. I know why they don't. We have kids, and there's a lot of us. And you know, I, I know we are intimidating and overwhelming because there's just a lot of us to, to handle. But I, just, I was so struck by that as a, as a young married couple with no kids of my own, being like, oh, yeah, I'm, I haven't invited you over. I, like, it would never occur to me and invite us whole family over. But, but just that phrase, embrace the whole family, um, that's, a really, that's a helpful word. Uh, and again, not just for adoptive families, for any large family, and and just being reminded you don't you don't have to have um, kids with all matching ages and sweaters to have a good time together as yeah. as families. And we've experienced the blessing of that actually a number of times in our own community. Of late, we we have some friends with kids who are older than our kids, and they've just done such a wonderful job of playing with our younger kids. And you would never think like, oh yeah, this is the most natural play date in the world. Um, and uh, we've been we've been on the receiving end of that. And that's been a great blessing. Anything else you guys would say? Uh, I can't imagine there's much more to say about adoption than we've already said in you know 15 minutes. But uh, no, anything else you want to say? Parting, parting comment from each of you or either of you? There are yeah. I just end with there are so many ways people can get involved. I think for those who do feel not called or that it's too daunting or they already have enough struggles and needs in their own home to think outside the box of ways they can support the idea and the ministry of adoption. It can be broader than, than adopting themselves. Uh, last thought that I feel like if we don't put this on the table as well would be what we're just, I'm also thinking about the financial impact, uh, how expensive it is to adopt. And then uh, just like any young, young family, you have expenses that you didn't have before you had kids. And so even just at the level of uh, financial giving, I know that can be a blessing. That's another practical need. So Julie, will you pray for the adoptive parents and their communities who are listening to this? Sure. Yeah. Lord, thank you for the, the heart you've given those who do adopt and foster and those who take in um, the vulnerable, you, you know there are so many and so many needs, 
So would you give wisdom to the people who are considering this and to what degree you're calling them to participate? Um, would you give them a, a creativity and an openness to consider things they might not have considered before? And we do pray that, um, that your word would, would go out, that people would be encouraged, and um, that they would feel maybe a boldness even to, to try something they've never tried before. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. The subject of adoption is a scary one, isn't it? But if it is something the Lord is laying on your heart to think more about, as it has been for me personally today, you might want to listen to a talk by Julie called Adoption from Brokenness to Relationships, which we've posted on our website, ccef.org slash podcast. As always, it will be free till the next episode goes up. And if you have any suggestions for the podcast, don't hesitate to send an email to podcast at ccef.org. Till next time, blessings. Blessings.